Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I'm excited about what God's doing in the earth today. So many of us can think of all kinds of reasons why not to be. But you know what? God is a good God. And he offers us hope, doesn't he? I just wanted to mention a couple of things before I get started. Um, in the last week, you guys, uh, many of you were praying for me. I had the privilege and honor to uh, attend and complete the chaplaincy course uh, for the state of Washington for specifically uh, City of Lacey, Lacey Police Department, to become the lead chaplain for Lacey Police Department. And I came away learning and knowing so many things. Um, in one hand, I'm excited. The other hand, I'm, boy, I really, I really cherish the prayers. Uh, understanding a couple of tools that I came away with in this, when I go out in our community and when I'm ministering in very difficult, challenging situations, when people's lives have just been rocked to the core and they are receiving the worst news they could ever receive and knowing that my responsibility is to go to them and two things I came away with that when I arrive on scene somewhere number one the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is with me second thing is just the tool of silence because what really can you say to somebody in their worst moment except just be there as a carrier of his presence and let him do the work and be a comfort and just offer a hug, whatever. But that's the life we all live in and at some point, either we've experienced this in our families or we probably will experience it. But no, we're doing life together. And we have each other, and we need each other in these, the difficult times that we go through. I also believe that as a church, we're all part of what I would call the critical response team. We have a place to play, something in that as family and community, your neighbors, your fellow believers, those that you serve with. We have opportunities to minister to people love on people, serve people. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to, I think as our church, I'm thinking just in a practical sense of how we serve our community, coming up just to give you a, a, a heads up, in probably about six weeks, December 4th, we have an opportunity to serve our community in, in an incredible way. Uh, last year was our first year of doing this. We uh, hosted and um, our church and facility and parking lot in the area out front uh, was used for the staging area for the Christmas lighting parade that happened. Uh, and so, so many of you came out and made this event incredible here being at the church in the parking lot and just serving the hundreds of people, really, <laughs> that came through and all of the things that we did. So we're going to have that opportunity again. So be thinking about how can I 
help. We'll, we'll give you opportunity for that, but I just want to make heads up December 4th. It's a Monday night, I believe, and uh, we'll be doing that as a church, just serving our community in so many ways. I, um, as Dave mentioned, so this is week three. Uh, we are in the Ask, Seek, and Knock part of our Ignite. Today, I want to talk about knocking, and you know, we, we always, I, th- I think we have the expectation going through life, we want everything to be so good. We do, that's just a natural, we want it to be good, we want life to be good. Sometimes we go through difficult challenges that we're faced with on a daily basis for some and periodically for others. But I want to talk a little bit about this and maybe go through some, th- some things that really will solidify us because in the end, ultimately, God has a plan. He has a plan. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, our key scripture. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Lord, I just pray as for the next few minutes, as your Holy Spirit, your presence is here, has filled this place, has filled our hearts, we ask that you would speak to us the very depths of who we are. Each one of us will receive something today. And it's what we do with that that is important moving forward. And I just pray that we would have open ears, open hearts, to hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened unto you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever your situation is, whatever you're facing, don't give up. Jesus said, don't stop knocking. I want to read a testimony to start off with from one of the members of our church here, from Chris Agers. Is Chris here? Yeah, Chris, there's Chris right there. Chris had sent me this, and I, I believe it's good to have testimonies because God is a miracle-working God, and he cares about every one of our needs and our situation. So this is kind of uh, in a nutshell for Chris because I know if you know Chris, he, well, he could give you the extended version, but this is the nutshell for Chris. Um, really uh, surrounding re- <coughs> excuse me, recent events for Chris, This is what he calls the assault. He says, I received a call from a doctor while at work. The doctor thinks I might have liver cancer. This is a process for him. My shift relief tries to get, this is another situation. My shift relief tries to get me fired, then proceeds to insult me, yell at me, and go into a verbal tirade, even though I've not wronged them, nor the company, nor have I been impolite. While going home from all of that, I'm involved in an accident. My car is totaled. The insurance will not pay a cent for my car, only for the other person's car. The situation, no car, no ability to work the road shows, which is his main source of income, already financially strapped, plus with new expenses to pay related to towing, impound fees, storage fees, title replacement fees. So I can... Signed the total car over to the towing company to avoid continuing mounting storage fees, a ticket, obtaining new transportation, 
His transit system won't work because of the type of work he's in. He's feeling pressure. Some of us have been there. If you haven't, you will at some point. Solution. Part one. I resorted to a lot of prayer to receive mercies and grace for favor. Ask, seek, and knock is what he put. Result. The towing company cancels all storage fees, including those incurred during the initial impound. Result. God moves the heart of a member of City Life Church to help me. Results. A 1997 Jaguar XJ6L. <laughs> the most reliable Jag ever made. Reliability equals or exceeds that of most reliable Toyotas of that period. I love this, Chris. This period, or excuse me, this person bought the car, paid the taxes, paid the license and registration fees outright. I paid nothing. Then after brief uncharacteristic struggling over tithing on gifts about a day, <laughs> finances were impossible, impossibly tighter than normal, I realized that I was simply, it was simply the right thing to do regardless of finances. Solution part two. Even though temporary lack of finances can appear to make it totally irresponsible to tithe on some gifts, I'll tithe on them anyway. God, result, God moved on others' hearts to help me. Result, pocket money, gifts, different things. Result, surprise check in the mail covers the cost of the ticket. Result, the coworker who tried to get me fired quit, and my reputation with the company is now golden. <laughs> this is good. Definitely not the end of the matter. There are more good things to come. Chris Agers. See, God is good, isn't he? <laughs> Ask, seek, and knock. Chris was asking, he was seeking. Probably did a little knocking. And we can see some of the results. And I know many of you have similar testimonies. If you don't already, you will. Knocking is you stand at the door and knock as you, your desire is to enter whatever into that door, right? To get on the other side of that door. Not a panic knock when we're, seek, when we're praying, seeking God. We're not, you know, we have those, don't we? We're just in a panic mode. It's just this really, and we just wait. We wait patiently. We be, we're admitted by God to come and converse with him, have communication with him, taken in his love, his favor, his grace is bestowed upon us. We receive it. There's some exchange. By prayer, we knock when we're praying. We're knocking. We're praying. We're knocking. We must persevere. We must persevere. We can't stop knocking. Some of you have been persevering for many years. Be persistent. It's important. And God isn't upset with us for that. He's not. It's okay. Because there's things we're learning through the process. We must ask in faith. We must seek diligently and just continue knocking in earnest. We just continue knocking. Knock and it shall be opened. That's what the Bible says. When we knock on the door of mercy and grace, we are welcomed in. Come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on in. Let's, let's converse. Tell me about it. What's going on? 
I have an answer for you. And it's not, you're not an intruder. You're not an enemy. You're not somebody coming to cause a problem. You're simply coming as somebody who's in need. You don't have to feel bad about that because he is a good God. He opens the door as a friend, as a father. Steve, come on in. Hal, come on in. Chris, come on in. Tony, come on in. It's good to see you. Thank you for continuing to knock. You'll be standing there at the door saying, I am your child, God, and I'm standing here with a promise in my hand of faith, a promise that you gave me that you would take care of me, you would take care of my situation. Here's the promise. He says, right on, right on. Come on, let's do this together. The ticket of promise that we're given. Don't doubt your admission to that, in through that door. If the door isn't open, the first knock, ah, probably not there. You wouldn't do that. If you went to your friend's house and you knocked on the door, you wouldn't immediately turn around and leave thinking, ah, he's not there. No, you would stay and knock because you know he's going to come. He's going to open that door. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to knock and then leave. If your heavenly father seems slow to you in coming, he's really not. It's his timing, not ours. So continue, continue. Continue. Don't quit. Don't give up. If we wait patiently, he will answer. He will answer. We have to realize the answer is in his timing. It's his will, not ours. We are always impatient when we want an answer. That's just our nature. He's teaching us through it. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 5. This is Jesus Then teaching them more about prayer, and this is really what it is, it's prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. We've probably been there before. Leave me alone. I can't help you. Jesus goes on to say, <coughs> say, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for your friendship's sake, if you keep longing, knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, already. Here, what do you want? Now God isn't upset at us. <laughs> For, for knocking and continuing knocking. He's not like somebody who would come to the door and be maybe not as happy. But it's good. He loves persistence. He knows you mean business. He knows you're trying to get an answer. Some of you are saying, man, I've been doing this knocking thing for years and I'm not getting an answer. I know my, own, my mother has been knocking for probably 60 years. Lord, would you save my sisters and my brother? 60 years or more probably of knocking. Has she given up? No. 
Has she said, has she left the door? No, because she knows that God has an answer, and in his timing, that door will be open and that promise will be fulfilled. Sometimes it's on a person's deathbed. We don't know. We don't know how God works, but he works. You need to know that your prayers and your knocking is not in vain. They are not in vain. There's something that's being stored in heaven. There's bowls being filled up. There's your tears, your prayers. They're being brought together, and at some point, they're going to be poured out. They're going to be released. Keep knocking. Persevering is a form of knocking, and I believe God honors and rewards perseverance. He does. It's not a negative thing to him. It's not. It's a good thing. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36, the NIV. (laughs) So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that, (coughs) excuse me, when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. That's a good word. That's a good word. You need to write that down. Our faith and confidence in the things around us and people around us can waver at times. It can even go away at times. But our confidence in God should never waver. Our confidence in him should never waver. We doubt. We doubt. We, we doubt it. So many times, well, I doubt it. I doubt that'll happen. I'll doubt, I doubt he will do that. But we have to maintain our confidence in him. Our circumstances will change. Absolutely, they change all the time. But God will never change. He's always there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever for you and for me. He doesn't change. In James chapter 2, or excuse me, chapter 1, starting in verse 2, Consider it, this is a tough one, (laughs) I've always struggled with this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy. Really? When I go through these trials, consider it pure joy. I always thought, wow, that's kind of a bold, unrealistic request statement. I, I just think, wow, James, what are, you, what are you doing here? You must not know what you're talking about. Because I, I, I don't find joy in this this trial, this challenge that I'm faced with. Well, then I thought, well, he could have put it in this way. He could have said, count it really sad. Crawl into your pathetic hole and feel horrible for yourself and give up on life whenever you're faced with challenges. That's what it could have said. Boy, that really set the bar high, doesn't it? I can reach that one. (laughs) You can reach that one without getting out of bed. But what is he doing? He's setting the bar up there to say, 
this is what you're shooting for. Count it all joy because Jesus at the cross, all for the joy. He took all of the pain, all of, the, all of that to go to the cross. He counted it joy because he knew. He knew where you and I were going to be in our need for him. And he said, if I give my life for them, that's, counting it, that's joyful. And many times we go through suffering. That's part of life. We want to avoid that, don't we? Absolutely we want to avoid it. But we need to say, Lord, there's something here you're doing. You're allowing something to happen in my life. These challenges, I don't know why. But God, you're going to walk through them with me. I trust you, God. Lord, Lord, bring the joy, because I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I believe James did a great job in encouraging us to strive for the high mark. Let's strive for, let's strive for those things. Let's strive to... Be joyful in the, in the midst of trials. Man, if your neighbor came over and you're in the middle of something and you're just saying, this is the worst day of my life, but somehow, some way, God, I trust you. And they're just looking at you like, what? What an opportunity. Obviously, this portion of scripture indicates that we're gonna go through stuff, Right? says when, not if, it's when you go through these things, we're going to be faced with these challenges. The trials and afflictions that we face, they're to help us, they're to mature us, they're to encourage us. We don't know why our husband died, we don't know why our kids are sick, we don't know why our house burned down, we don't know why these things happened. Satan loves to prey on our despair. He loves to come after us in the moment of our weakness, in the moment we're down, and just come after us. That's why Ephesians 6 is so important. We get the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. We put the shoes of peace on. We get the shield of faith. And you know what? We can get tired of holding that shield of faith up sometimes, can't we? That's why we have people around us to come, come alongside and say, let me help you with that shield. We get the helmet of salvation and we get the sword of the spirit. And we're in a battle. We're gonna defeat the enemy whenever he comes at us. We're prepared. That's why it's important for us to know the word. Put that armor on. Put on our armor if you have to do it every day. If you, if you go through the motions of in the morning when you get up, I'm putting on the belt of truth, breastplate. I'm putting the shoes on, getting that shield Getting the helmet, getting my sword. I'm going out there in the battle today. Yeah. Traumatic things happen. They do all around us. I have a pastor friend of mine. Some of you know him, Jim Ford. He lives in Tenino, pastors a church in Tenino. I'll never forget. He and his family getting the word. Your daughter was just killed in a car accident. Can you imagine? A parent, you're the thing you would, you never, ever want to be told. But I've watched Jim and his family over the years. It would have been easy for him to stop knocking. It would have been easy for him to say, I'm not pastoring anymore. This, this, this is not good. This is not God. 
it's tough. It's, it's tough. We must realize God didn't do this. It's so easy. God, why did you do this to me or to that person? He didn't do this. We also are going to never understand fully why things like this happen. We just won't. Sometimes the biggest mistake we make is trying to explain to somebody why God allowed something to happen. You know what? Four words. We don't know why. So stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to be that person and come alongside that person as a carrier of the presence of the Holy Spirit and even come in silence if you need to. And you wrap your arms around them. I'm here with you. Because if you've never experienced it, you cannot really empathize. You can certainly sympathize. But there are people who have been through that stuff. And they understand what it is to go through it and somehow walk out of that knowing God is still God. I still trust him. And I'm going to keep knocking. God, you have an answer. God, you have an answer. Because we live in a, sol- uh, a fallen, sinful world, bad things happen to good people. We recently all saw what happened in Las Vegas. All those people, many killed, many wounded. God's not up there going, okay, I'm going to kill a bunch of people today. I'm going to ruin people's lives. No, it's because we live in a sinful world and bad people make bad choices in life. But God sees the bigger picture. He said, I'm going to use this to glorify me, to bring glory to my name, to create miracles for people that maybe would never, ever have an opportunity or would ever consider surrendering their life to Christ. We had in our own church here, we, Dixie Collins, many of you known Dixie for many years. She suffered for years with Parkinson's disease. Hundreds and hundreds of prayers go up for Dixie for healing. She recently died. Do we question God? We can't. She wasn't healed on this earth. She's healed now. And she's probably really <laughs> excited right now with what's going on in her life, and she would not choose to come back here. So don't, you know, sometimes we, obviously we're, we're left here in pain. We are, and, that, and that, that's what the worst of it is for us. These kinds of things could very well stop us from asking, seeking, and knocking. They could. All of a sudden, it's too hard. I can't do this. I, I, I just can't. I can't knock anymore. I implore you this morning, keep knocking. Keep knocking. Whatever your situation, your situation with a family member, a situation with your finances, a situation with job, whatever is going on, in the midst of our lowest moment, keep knocking. Keep knocking. God, no matter what, No matter what, God, I trust you. I trust you. That's hard to say, but we have to trust him. 
We know this man named Job. Satan went to the Lord and said, Hey, how's it going? The Lord's like, What are you here for? Well, he said, You know, where'd you come from? Well, I was just down on earth looking over everything, and God's thinking already, he knows. Yeah, he's coming because he wants to mess with somebody. He wants to mess with, mess with my creation. And God says, hey, Satan, have you thought about my servant Job? Now, none of us would want God up there calling our name to, the enemy, to Satan to say, hey, go ahead. We, we wouldn't want that, would we? But what an honor, really, in the sense, for Job to be the one called out by God saying, this is a man of integrity, this is a man who lives upright. And this is a man that I completely trust with what you're, I'm going to let you do. And, and the enemy, or Satan says to the Lord, hey, you know, when you take away everything from a man, they'll, 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 and you put all kinds of stuff on them, they'll do anything. They'll give away anything. They'll, they'll do anything. But he says, when you start messing with their health, said he said, he's just going to curse you, God. He's going to curse you. So we know what happens, and, it, and God tells Satan, hey, you can do anything, but you can't take his life. Well, that's no, no good anyway, as far as we're thinking, man, I wouldn't want any of that. So there's boils that Satan's like, oh, sending boils all over him, and he's scraping the boils off, and he's just sitting in ashes. And that's when his wife comes up to him. Job, are you going to really you let God do this, allow this to happen to you? You're a man of integrity. Why don't you just curse God and die? The very thing that Satan said to God, what would happen? And what does Job say? No, in the midst of all of that, says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. God was with me through good. He's been with me through bad. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Jo- Job's probably feeling like, well, we all know there's a lot to that story. But in the end, because when you're in the midst of stuff, you just cannot see anything good, right? We don't. We don't see anything good in the midst of it. But in the end, if you read the last chapter, God multiplies back to him everything that was lost and then some. That's right. That really is God, and that's his heart for us. It, is. it really is. It is. But we want it now. And we, first of all, we don't want him to take what we have. But in the end, if we see the picture and we look back on our life and we say, I like God's plan better than mine. We have to hold everything loose in our life and we have to allow God to be the one that says, this is, this is my will, this is what it... It doesn't keep us, though, from asking, seeking, and knocking because that's what we've got to do through the process. It's not because God can't hear us and he says, if you don't knock, I won't know what's going on in your life. He said, no, it's for you. You need that. You need to understand what perseverance is. You need to be the one that gains wisdom and, and gains experience through these things so that you can help other people. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed 
is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Wow, that's really our goal. That's what we're shooting for, the crown of life. Wow. There must be patience, though. The trial of faith really works patience in us. There, there, there's patience. The question is then for all of us, can we really persevere under the challenges that we're facing? Can we do this? Can we, under the weight of your situation, can you persevere? With the help of God, you can. Well, I ask that the musicians would come. I'm gonna read one last scripture to you. In Romans chapter five, starting in verse three, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strength, strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This hope will not lead to disappointment. The opposite of disappointment is satisfaction. It's happiness is, wow, I like this. That's God's heart for us. Let's keep knocking, even in the midst of whatever we're facing. Let's keep knocking. Health issues, family issues, finances, job. All of these things that we're all faced with day to day. Loss of a loved one. You're saying, well, this isn't, you know, the most exciting, uplifting, encouraging thing, Pastor. But I'm telling you, this is the real life that we live in. And through it, if we do put these things into practice, it will be very helpful for us and for those around us. And we will be more cognitive and observing of those around us to say, I can step in and help. I can be there for that person. We've talked a lot about loving God with everything that is in us and oh yeah, love everybody around us just the same. This is part of that because we're all going through things. Go ahead and we're, go ahead and stand. We're gonna sing a song again that we sang a little earlier today. I want it to open up the front for those of you this morning that you said, you know what, Pastor? I've been asking, I've been seeking, I've been knocking for a while. I'm really struggling right now with this. It's okay, we're, we're all there. Just asking you, to, as we're singing this song, just to respond and just come between you and the Lord, just come and say, Lord, I need you, I need you. I need you. I, I'm, I'm getting tired. It's challenging. It's difficult. I believe he just wants to encourage you today. Encourage you to continue knocking because he hears your knock. He has a promise for you. In his time, it's his will.
It's okay that we're vulnerable, vulnerable this morning. Because what you're doing is telling the enemy that he's a defeated foe and that you're linking up with your Heavenly Father and linking up with those around you that are part of your family. Let's sing this. And also to that, maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't understand his love, the magnitude of his love. And maybe you're saying, man, I could use the Lord in my life to help me through situations. I've been trying to go this thing alone and I'm not good at it. Today's your day too. The altars are open for you. So as we sing, if you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to come, go ahead and do that. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 